Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Pick 199 podcast, episode 35. This week, I'm here with Muzzy. Hey. Snakeo. What's up? Coxie D is back. I'm back. And on this week's agenda, we have a special guest, Andrew Neville, ultramarathon runner and ambassador for the Heart Foundation. Also, NBA talk, NRL, sports news, and Mitchell's Multis. We'll throw a Mitchell's Multi in this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, I won nothing. If you want to get so, rich quick, no. don't <laughs> back this. <laughs> Do the complete opposite. It's not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have Andrew Neville on the line. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing? G'day, how are we going? Not too bad. I'm going to throw it over to Snake. Thanks for having me on. No worries. We're going to throw it over to Snake. He's going to ask you a question just straight up. Andrew, yeah, we, sure, no worries. We've we discovered the podcast that you're doing. Um, you do yourself, which blogs yep. your marathon, uh, blogs all your running, really. Um, where can we find that one? Um, you can find it find on Spotify. Um, simply search "Running with Heart" podcast, um, or it's on YouTube on the Running with Heart um, YouTube channel. Yeah, because it started out and it was like a a bit of a journey through you discovering running really like and the goals in which you'd set with trying to do the city to surf and, and stuff like that it's developed into yep. a bit more of a story than that now um so we're, has, we're yeah, looking yeah. we're looking at this the big um marathon you're training for at the minute do you yep. want to tell us anything about that yeah sure so um i've taken on um Probably, look, the biggest event I'm going to do um, so far, um, it's called the Sonda Monster. And what it entails is running the entire length of the Lara Pinta Trail in the Northern Territory. Um, It starts at Mount Sonda, uh, which is 231 kilometres west of Alice Springs, um, and then runs from there into Alice Springs. And the little catches that they throw in there just to make it a bit more challenging is you've got to complete it in under 60 hours. So you've got two and a half days to get it done. Um, elevation over the entire course is the equivalent of going up Everest. Um, it's about 8,500, 8,600 metres total elevation. Um, held in May, so the weather's not too bad, but it's still, from what I've read and spoken to different people, um, still very warm um, in the middle of the day yeah. and cold, cold nights. So, yeah, um, I was looking for something epic to do for the Heart Foundation again. I've done previous events, as you would have heard in the podcast that I do, um, and I just felt it was time um, where I am in my journey to do something big, and this one popped up, and I sort of read about it and sort of pushed it aside and thought, nah, can't do that, nah, can't do it, and then it just sort of kept eating away at me, and so I've bit the bullet and training for it. That's incredible, and it's, it's really incredible to consider that it started with the City of the Surf, Yep. which isn't necessarily a long run. Well, it is compared to what I do. <laughs> but compared to what you're yeah. trying to achieve, like it's it's a different kettle of fish altogether, isn't it? Altogether, and I think of um, I think I ran my first city surf for probably 2006, I guess, um, and I've done every year since then. But if you'd told me. You know, back in 2006, that you know, in 15 years, I'd be training to run 231 kilometres out in the um, Australian outback. I just would have laughed and gone, "You got the wrong person." Um, because yeah, like you know, 14 k's back then to me was a long time. Yeah. 
or a long distance. I remember in one of my journals I've written um, with my running diaries, my longest run I'd done, this would have been around the city of surf time, was I think 8Ks. I was really excited because <laughs> it was 8Ks. <laughs> now it's like 8Ks, I can do that at morning tea and <laughs> duck out, do it and come back to work. So, yeah, um, how things change as we progress <laughs> through the journey. Yeah. The, the biggest challenge when you go through those stages, so you, you've done the City to Surf, as we said. You've also done the New yep. York Marathon, yep. which is yep. which is massive, and you've done others like Canberra. And, but to yeah. then up the scales again to go for something that's it's not even the same event. Like, it's not even the same sport, I don't think. Like, it's completely different. Like Yeah, that's really a good way to look at it. And I think, what it, I think there's a lot of things that sort of – brought me to this road I think um, but in terms of the, like going from city surf to a half marathon to a marathon and then as I've done stuff with the Heart Foundation in the past most well all the things I've done for them has been a marathon or shorter um, and so I think I've done now 13 marathons off the top of my head and so I think when you get to that stage and you still want to raise awareness and raise funds for the Heart Foundation I feel people expect that bit more from you. Like if I was to say, I'm going to do you know, this marathon again, it's like, we know you can do that. Yeah. So I thought I had to raise that bar to create that more awareness, create the talk about it yeah. um, to be able to get that support. Um, and yeah, it's definitely got, you know, some eyebrows raised and <laughs> including my own. Because <laughs> um, yeah, I picked their attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it grabs you, doesn't it? And like yeah. when I read the little article in one of the trail magazines, that's exactly like I, I remember I was at home, you know, having lunch and my lunch break and just saw it and oh yeah. yeah. And then just turned the page and I'm like, yeah, no way. <laughs> like that's stupid. Um, but in, in all honesty, I actually thought that about the marathon once upon a time that anyone who ran a marathon was stupid yeah. um, because it was so far and it just, once you start putting the effort in and the work into it, um, you actually, start to realise what your body's capable of. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of this journey as well is just seeing um, what your limit is or what my limit is with its endurance. So, yeah, it's exciting. Scary, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I think we're all just breaking into a sweat just listening to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll run out and take it. I'll run out of the loo in a minute and I'll break yeah, into a sweat. Off. <laughs> <laughs> so just for our listeners, find, Andrew, yep. um, so if we can just track back, like what got you started into doing marathon running and like obviously you started with City city to Surf, but did it go yeah. back before that? And It does. Look, my first memory of running, um, and look, I, I've got a – look, I don't know where he is. My, my primary school teacher, Greg Dankett, um, down in – I used to go to school, Mathara Public School on the Murray River, um, and I credit him to getting me into running. Um, he, he was a really good, just enthusiastic teacher and loved sport and for across the country then I was in year two, year three at the time. Um, and he, no word of a lie, like, and this wouldn't be allowed these days. He'd take us kids out in his Datsun. He had a brown Datsun and he'd drive out into the red gum forest down there and he'd drop us at, at the time. It probably felt like it was 10 Ks. So it was probably a K out of town, but he'd, <laughs> kick, kick us, he'd kick us out of the car and say, I'll meet you back at the school. Oh, wow. And you were left in the forest to run your way back into the school. So you're running amongst, I think it's the largest red gum forest in the Southern Hemisphere, or it was at the time. It's probably been logged now. Um, and it's on the banks of the Murray River. And I just fell in love with it. Like, it was just amazing. You know, a kid who's seven years old just running 
freedom through his nature yeah. was just um, – and so that's when I first fell in love with running. And I remember at the school cross-country, I finished and um, won, and it was probably the only race I ever won at school. But he called me Deeks, Little Deeks, and I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> and this is back in 1984, 85. Mm. Um, so I remember going home to mum and dad and saying, Mr. Danky called me Little Deeks. What's he talking about? And they showed me Rob DeCostella, who'd won <laughs> Commonwealth Gold in 82. And, I, and so suddenly Rob DeCostella became my hero, my idol. Um, and so that's when it first started. And I set myself, I've always been someone who likes to set goals. And so all through school, my whole schooling life, right to year 12, my goal was to get to state cross country. Um, and I'm not, not a naturally talented runner. Like I've had to work hard at it. But it took me to year 12 to actually qualify for state cross country. Um, and I remember going off on whatever the um, levels were back then um, to the one before state and knowing I was in year 12, this was my last chance to achieve my goal that I'd set back in year three. Um, and I remember getting there that day and that then fueled a more of a love for running. And that's when I first heard about Cedar Surf after I'd run state cross country, which yeah. would have been 95. And so I started training for Cedar Surf. Um, full of enthusiasm and every year I got sick um, or something would happen in the family and I never got to do it. Mm. And it wasn't until I started my business, um, Ant Fitness and Personal Training um, Business, where a client actually came to me, um, so this is back in 2005, and he wanted to train for City of Surf. And I'm like, hey, I'll do it with you. I'll run it with you. And so that was my first chance to run City of Surf and then it progressed from there. And as I said, you start to question as you do the surf and go back and do it again and you start to do some 10Ks, you start to think, okay, could I do a half marathon? And so you have a crack at a half marathon. I remember my first half marathon was on the Gold Coast, uh, 2010. And I remember crossing that finish line and saying to Monique, my wife, never again. Like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and then by that night, I'm like, I wonder if I could do a marathon. Like, I reckon I could give it a crack. And so then two years later, I went back to do the Gold Coast Marathon and same thing, I crossed the finish line and said, never again. <laughs> um, and then the, then the New York um, Marathon opportunity came up 12 months later and the rest is history, as they say. And then it just grew from there. That's amazing. What that gives a brief recap yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of the journey. Going into the New York Marathon, like you did a lot of this for the Heart Foundation, we need to point out. Yeah. Like, that was the driving yeah. force, and, and that also opened a lot of doors for you to, to do these competitions, didn't it? It did. Um, so, yeah, I first ran with or for the Heart Foundation for a half marathon in Sydney after doing the Gold Coast half, so that would have been 2011. And back then, the Sydney Morning Herald Half Marathon, you register and you know, it comes up with a list of charities you can pick from um, to support. And so I saw the Heart Foundation there and... Um, my auntie had died from heart disease and my grandparents um, on mum's side had died of heart disease. I thought, you know, that's a good reason to do it. And so that started it. And then I actually ran that day. I dedicated the kilometres to people who donated money towards the charity and I actually wrote their names on my arm for each kilometre. And so as I passed each kilometre mark, I'd just say a short prayer for them um, and the family they'd left behind. Um, and then finishing that, I thought, wow, you know, this is really enjoyable. And then opportunity came up to run for City Surf for the Heart Foundation in the Gold Charity Group. And then from then, they offered a chance to run New York. And, yeah, it just kept growing from there, really. But, yeah, it all comes back to yeah, running with heart. And that's where, um, yeah, my slogan comes from. Yeah, it's it's really cool 
to hear you. Sorry. It's really cool to hear you talk about that and the each mile mark and, and that you talk about because the New York Marathon, um, no one else knows this, not even the boys here. So my grandfather sponsored Andrew to run in the New York Marathon. Yeah, that's right, Jake. Yep. He's one of the first, and he's since passed away due to heart disease. So yep. the knowing that you accomplished that and knowing that he was a supporter of yours and, and the fight for heart disease, it means a lot to, to everyone, mate. I think you need to know that. Yeah, no, thanks, Jake. And I remember, um, yeah, your grandfather was mile one for New York, um, top of the list on the shirt, because um, we had the shirts printed up with everyone's name on for the miles in New York. And, um, and you know, he used to come to the gym, obviously, and had a great time. We had a great relationship. And I remember standing on Staten Island and starting off and you know, saying, this is for you, Joe, um, this first mile, and saying a prayer for him. And I remember, if you don't mind me sharing this, Jake, um, no, no, go on the day of... On the day of your grand, um, your granddad's funeral um, down at uh, Lura, yep. um, I actually stopped in the Blue Mountains on the way there to have a run for him um, up and down the Ferber says. And that was probably the first time I was actually thinking about going longer than the marathon yep. and sort of backed off after that um, for a bit as I was doing other marathons. But, yeah, I actually went and run, ran the Ferber stairs a couple of times just in memory of Joe. Um, it's just something I felt I should do on that day. Um, my my connection to him yep. and the support he'd always given. He'd always stop me in the street and ask me how the running was going, and always say, "You know, you're doing a great thing, and you know, fully support you." Mate. And so, yeah, no, he's a great man. So, no, it was a privilege to run that first mile for him, Jake. Oh, credit to you for running those stairs, mate. Because I tell you what, it was steep. <laughs> <laughs> it was a steep place. So well done, mate. Well done, Andrew. Mate, no, thank could you. Give us a bit of insight into the kind of preparation that goes into you know running in these events. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the marathon, I'll start with the marathon. I, I can, there's all different, obviously, programs and that you can follow. And um, being a running coach myself and a personal trainer, I. I tend to, I have in the past done my own. Um, And I like to, I guess in my head, mentally get to the distance or as close as I can to the distance in training. And probably the times I haven't got to the distance is probably when I've performed worse in the marathons. Um, So I don't know, it's just a mental thing. But yeah, so usually I try and allow a 16-week block um, going, going by the fact that I've been running regularly. Um, leading into that 16-week block or I haven't been crook or anything like that. And so I'd start to build up, say, a long run, do a long run once a week, usually on a Sunday. And I might start that, say, at 16Ks and then increase it by 10% each week. And then I try to, in a, in a perfect running program, I try to do another long run midweek, which would be 75% of that Sunday long run distance. And then I try to throw in a couple of speed, um, sort of faster sessions on two other days a week. Yeah. Um, that generally is a rough way I would do approach a marathon. So running four times a week, um, weights in there as well, resistance training and core work. And then for the bigger stuff, so I ran Big Red Run back in uh, 20, 2016 with a mate. Um, so that was 250 kilometers over six days in the Simpson Desert. So with that one, we really sort of upped the ante and we were doing long runs probably two or three times a week. We tried to, well, probably three months out, we'd mimic the big red run by a little red run where we ran half a marathon every day um, for a week um, thing and then finished with a uh, 50 to 60K run on the Sunday. And that was just to get used to backing up. 
Um, with this one, I'm actually following a program by Hanny Alston, who's an Australian ultra runner. Um, I figured she had more experience in doing <laughs> the ultra distances I'm looking at than I do. So I thought if I'm going to do it and do it successfully, I need to go to the expert. So I've um, been following her program and been really happy with it. It's running six days a week pretty much. Um, and I've enjoyed it because it breaks it down. If you picture a six-day week cycle, you have an easy day, a moderate day, a hard day, and then it repeats easy, moderate, hard again, and then a day off. So it's worked really well, um, also fitting in with my personal training business. Yep. And then every third week you go extra, extra long. So this coming Sunday, I'm, I'm down for a six-hour run. So it'll be my biggest yet um, and probably the biggest I've ever done in training, actually, <laughs> now I think of it. <laughs> the don't, knees are knocking together now. Don't wake me, mate. I'll be asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll knock on your door as we go past. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'll, I was just wondering about the mateship and stuff that you might have within the running community because I can imagine that it's probably a pretty – tight knit and close community and for for like the younger younger kids coming up if they want to get into that community or if they want to get involved or even just advertising to them how they can get involved and inspiring them maybe to want to join an awesome sport such as yeah for sure i think the best thing about the running community it's so inclusive um it doesn't matter age um size like anyone can do it and I think park runs are testament to that as well. It's really um, brought running um, into the spotlight, I guess, where showing that anyone can do it, a 5K run um, in most towns these days um, across the world. Um, I think that's important to know that it doesn't matter what your age is. Like when I did in New York, um, I believe there was a woman who completed it. She was either 99 or 101. Um, I can't remember. But she was around the century and she completed the New York Marathon. And it just shows that anyone can do it. It's just about putting um, the time into it and enjoying it. I think that's the best part. But it's the, yeah, it's definitely the friendships you make along the way. Um, Craig, who, I, who is my running buddy, who I run with um, most weekends when we can, when we get together. Um, you know, we've become close mates. And running also breaks down walls when you're out there on a run, especially when you're doing the longer runs. You just talk. Um, you're out there, whether, you know, in the case of two people running there together, like if you don't talk, it's a lot, a long time to be running next to someone in silence. Mm. Um, and so you can just chat away, talk about anything, talk about problems, talk about good things. And I think that's what you find in the running community that people are happy to talk and listen. And I think it's just that you're on that level playing field. I read once too, and it's so true, running's the only sport we actually get to perform in the same event as the elites. Mm. Um, if you think about like with basketball, you know, what it'd be like to stand on the court with Michael Jordan in his day, but we don't get to do that. But with the running races, like see the surf, all your Olympians are standing on the front row. Yeah, They're just going yeah. in front of you. So you're running in their footsteps and their shadows the whole way. So I think that's really cool. And the thing I found too, I've been lucky enough to meet my idol, Robert DeCostella and Steve Monaghetti, another great Australian marathoner. Um, yeah. Liam Adams, um, all at the end of City Surf at different stages where they're just standing there, whether they've just run and they're stretching, whatever. And you go up and they'll just talk to you forever about running. Yeah. Um, they don't, you know, push away. Oh, no, mate, I'm busy, whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, what are you doing? What are you training for? Yeah. Um, funny story with Liam Adams. When I finished, I couldn't tell you what year it was, but it was my worst City Surf performance. 
um, I failed with I failed with a massive stitch, and I I'd set um, high goals that year. Failed with a massive stitch, and afterwards I bumped into Liam Adams, who won it that year um, on the beach, and I'm congratulating him on his win and stuff. And he said, "Oh yeah, mate, I had a massive stitch from about ten k, so I just pushed through it." Blah 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 blah. I'm like, "Oh my goodness!" And here I am complaining about the stitch I had. <laughs> um, but at the time, I I think I'd just run the Gold Coast Marathon. I'd just done my first marathon. Yeah. And in talking to him, he shared with me he was actually just starting to go into training for his first marathon. And it just makes you stop and go, wow, you know, he's just won to the surf. I've just struggled to to the surf, but I've actually run a marathon already. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm more um, experienced so, than he is in that <laughs> event. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and then he, he actually asked me about my training and stuff. And I thought, how cool is this? This is an Australian runner yeah. asking an average Joe who's, <laughs> you know, red face and from the gym and knees. In, from the gym in yeah. Portland, New South Wales. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I said, what are you doing training? How have you found it? What's worked? What hasn't? I'm like, and that's running for you, though. Like, everyone's on a level playing field, and it's just awesome. So, any younger runners out there, look, whether you go down to your local park run or you're just your local or nearest um, community running event when they happen, um, once COVID's all out the way, um, just go along and have a go. Start at 2Ks or start at 5Ks and just go and have fun. Don't set high goals. Just go and enjoy it, finish the race, and then see where it leads. The podcast that you do, Running With Heart, it sort of starts out talking about all these these kind of events and, and the achievements yep. and you're setting your personal goals. Last couple of episodes, it's turned into something a little bit different. Um, when you were write, writing your running diary, I bet you didn't think it was going to go this way either. You battled Absolutely. really bad anxiety. How yeah. how does um, how does that like the mental game? Obviously, doing these long runs, I'd, you'd have to think it'd be more mental than physical when at a point, mm. and then you battle yeah. anxiety on top of that. How does that affect you? Just day-to-day more than just in an event? Yeah, look, when when the anxiety happened, and it, it, it happened out of nowhere, um, as you would have heard on my podcast, like yeah. just, you know, one minute to eight one night, I'm, or one minute to six, sorry, I was, you know, Andrew Neville, what I class as normal. Mm. A minute later, my life has changed, and, you know, that was two years ago, and it's still there today, not as bad. I'm learning to deal with it, and the running's definitely helped. Um, but at the time, and especially in the next six months after it, I honestly thought I'd never run again. Um, and especially the distances that I was used to doing. Like, you know, I'd run a marathon uh, two months before the anxiety started and I was due to run one two weeks after it started, um, which I never ran. And I remember, you know, many sleepless nights and long talks with my wife and just it, I was in tears because this thing that I love running, I felt had been taken away from me. And I just felt there was nothing I could do um, to get myself out the door. And so in the end, I ended up with a choice, basically, um, from my wife and my doctor, who said, you either go on medication or you've got to start running. And so my running buddy, Craig, he came out um, and he, he'd probably argue, but I'll say he forced me out the door for a run, which for me, usually, like, you know, I, I used to jump at, you know, he said, run, let's go, let's do it. You know, five minutes, yeah, I've got five minutes, let's do it. Let's go for 30 minute running in five minutes. Um, but during that time, yeah, just what had happened in my brain and in my mind um, and mentally, the mental struggle I was going through, um, I just couldn't get myself out the door and um, Craig played a big part in that and my son went for a run with me. I remember... The City Surf that year. So the City Surf happened 
two two weeks after my anxiety started. I remember standing in front of the mirror, um, looking at myself and just thinking, or saying to myself, who are you? Like, where have you gone? Um, and the, the anxiety fear was stemming from a fear of a heart attack, um, which I guess is ironic in a way with all the work I'd done for the Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just what had happened to me at that six o'clock mark one Sunday night where I was driving the car and everything sort of flashed before my eyes and my head or my eyesight started going bonkers and I thought I was dying. And that's how the, it ended up being vestibular neuritis. And the doctor, when he was explaining to me, said that is what it's described as from people. They think they're dying. And so a part, in, part of my um, brainwave just held on to that thought. And so that was my fear that every time I was going to go out the door and if I was going to go for a long run, um, that someone would end up finding me on the side of the road and so my way of coping with that was I won't run. Yeah. And so, yeah, so over the six months, um, through the help of family and uh, Craig getting me out the door, um, slowly built up the distance. And I remember, which I think I spoke about just last week, I remember crossing the 21K mark in the training run with Craig and um, this massive fist pump and jump in the air and thought, yes, you know, I've broken it, I've done it. It was a huge achievement. And it you look back on it and, you know, the distances I've run since and you just think, wow, I, I was really in a low place then um, to be celebrating that sort of distance. Um, but, yeah, now I think helping – and I think, you know, and that's part of the ultra choice, I think, as weird as that sounds, is I'm, I'm looking for that challenge. I need to get outside my comfort zone. I describe myself as – I used to be an overcomer, like anything. If someone would challenge me in something, I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. Or, you know, do you think you could run to here, Andrew Hawk? Yep, I'll do that. I'll give it a go. Where once the anxiety started, I would overthink everything. Um, you know, a simple 10-minute run down the street would be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I've done too much today already. Um, and I just wasn't used to living like that, and I didn't like who I was becoming. Mm. And so I think that, um, part of the choice to do something epic for the Heart Foundation was, again, actually, I should explain this to the listeners. So during that period of initial anxiety, I actually stopped everything with running with heart. So I stopped posting on Instagram. I couldn't use the hashtag anymore of heart disease, heart attack, heart health, because it would trigger it. And so to be able to now get back, and that was part of looking for something for the Heart Foundation to step in my journey where I can actually start talking about it again, I can start using the hashtags again um, and not have that anxiety attack with it. And so, yeah, looking for something epic and I want to go back from becoming an overthinker where I question everything to being the overcomer that I once was. And so to do that, I've chosen the 231-kilometer event. <laughs> I can think of easier events to do. Yeah. I was actually just thinking that as I said it. <laughs> what have I done? What have I done? So, Andrew, you They talk- say, though, like... Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, I... Uh, just while you're talking about your anxiety, like, you're setting these little yeah. goals. Like, you just talked about your hitting the 21K mark when you're doing training with your partner. Um, yep. Have you found that, like, when you're doing the pod and writing your journals, has that, like, sort of been therapeutic with your anxiety or is it is it still sort of based around the Yeah, running? no. No, definitely. Um, the journaling's a big part of it. Um, it's a good way to express myself. I've always been a writer. I've loved writing. Um, yeah. As I said, I've, the stuff I've written in the past, I just do because I enjoy writing. It's a good, you know, 
um, journal for me Release, to yeah. have yeah have my running in my running journey on paper basically back on one day yeah and I think now it's become yeah more of a way of an or more of an outlet I guess yeah it's funny um, in doing you know the research and that for my podcast and especially the anxiety the two part anxiety one I actually was going through all these journals flicking through going I can't find you know, when it all happened. Yeah. And I actually stopped writing for a month where oh, yeah. there's just this gap in my book where it's gone from, I think it was the 7th of July to the 18th of August, which was after the city of surf. I'm like, seriously, I didn't write about it. Um, and so then I actually went to my um, personal journal, which I do well, I'm a Christian. I um, do personal worship each morning. I'll journal um, maybe what I read in the Bible or something. And I'd actually written it in there. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what had happened on the night and a bit of anxiety afterwards. But mm. yeah, but since then, now that I can um, talk about it, like even, you know, talking to you guys about it now, mm. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that 12 months ago, uh, maybe yeah. not even six months ago. Um, it would just trigger it. But um, I've got myself in a really good head spot at the moment and I credit the training um, and the mission to it. Um, when you know you're running for someone else and something bigger than you, mm. it takes the focus away from you and you stop thinking inside, so to speak. And so it definitely makes it easier to deal with. But as you said, there's probably an easier way than trying to repeat one Well, the thing, I, the thing I like about your podcast, though, too, listening to it early on, like you go through your journal and, and like, it sort of, we talked about this before the pod, it sort of sounds like uh, David Goggins, a former Navy SEAL, who's also an ultra marathon runner. Um, just yep. in that sort of journey of, like, going through the paces to prepare for these events and, like, the thing for me that I liked it, like when you're describing what you're, what you're going through, it has that sort of very Australiana sort of poetry behind it in terms of like yep. pushing through and like pulling yourself up by your bootstrap sort of thing. So I have so. to commend you on that. Like that's, and it, it makes it, yeah, when, no, it's, when it's a short episode to it, it just sort of makes it really easy to listen to. Yeah. So. No. Like, yeah, no, thanks for that. Appreciate it. Unlike this podcast, it, it, which yeah. is just a grind. Just, to, uh, <laughs> just, just a bunch of jokes. <laughs> uh, you got me on. We, we could be here all night. <laughs> you get me started about running, we could just keep going and going. <laughs> it's, it's funny with the journaling, like, and reading it out. And I, it was part of, and I think, too, it's, again, part of the anxiety. Like, I, I kept the anxiety battle to myself. Um, only the, those closest to me knew about it. Mm. Um, and like as Jake mentioned, you know, I have a personal training business here in town. It's been going for, um, well, 16 years, I think. One of the original clients, um, right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Don't look are him you, up, guys. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not what you're expecting. I, I was going to say, you moved off the two kilo weight, Jake. <laughs> have you progressed from the two kilo weights? Like? Yeah, man, I've, I've gone up to the 2.5s. <laughs> nice work, nice work. Um, but yeah, like, so only those closest knew, to me knew about what I was going through and having the business in town, like I saw it as, I had to put on a front, so to speak, because my job is to help other people. Yeah. And so basically I, I was playing two characters in all honesty and people have come to me in the last couple of weeks just shocked about it and said, oh, you should have said something. One at the time I couldn't because I was mm. dealing with it myself. Um, but secondly, the way I saw it is I had to walk through that door of my studio and go, okay, this is Andrew Neville, the trainer. Let's mm-hmm. help everyone here. Let's help them achieve their goals and where they are with their health battles or health goals. And then I'd go home and pretty much break down <laughs> and be exhausted just from 
putting on that character, I guess, for the day. And so I think now taking on this journey, which I want to take everyone on, because again, everyone has seen me, as I said, you know, done the 13 marathons around that. And so people think it all comes easy to me where this is a chance for me to show people what I go through on a day-to-day basis, um, but also in training, um, not just the anxiety. And so then I thought, well, if I'm going to be open and honest about what's happening in the next 10 months towards Sonder Monster, it's a great actually opportunity to open up these journals that I've written in and kept to myself all these years mm. and just shown people what's been happening, I guess, in the world of Andrew Neville in all the... Because it's sort of like that cartoon they show where they show the podium at the Olympics or whatever event it might be and they're standing on top and then underneath the water or underneath it's got everything that went into it, yeah. where a lot of the time we just see the athlete on top of the podium. Not that I've ever stood on a podium, but underneath, yeah, people don't realise what you go through to achieve what to you do, there, what you yeah. go through to, yeah, yeah. to get to the end of a marathon and to run 231K. So I just thought it was a good opportunity to open um, the journals. And, yeah, a lot of people are really enjoying them, which, like, in all honesty, it surprised me because to me they're just words. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, but no, I appreciate, yeah, your feedback and your praise there. Really, yeah, really, really good. No, we're all huge fans of the podcast. Um, no, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Wrapping up. Just quickly, something that wouldn't help your anxiety is you are a mad Canterbury Bulldogs fan. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad. You, I'm so glad you brought this up, Jay. <laughs> now I've because heard. I'm uh, going to offer Sam Walker some running tips about going forward and not backwards. Mate, <laughs> mate, just worry about defending your line before you worry about what we're doing. <laughs> uh, nice. I've heard you've gone away from even tipping the Bulldogs. I've heard you've stopped. That's not tipping. true. Was it, your, was it you or your brother that stopped tipping? The... That was my brother. That's disgusting. That was my brother that stopped. Yeah, isn't it? It is. So Dave, <laughs> Dave, if you're listening, you've got to tip every week. <laughs> you've either, you've either got to pick your team every week or do what Muzz does and just not go in the tips. Just don't go in could, the tips. Could be me next year. <laughs> no, you've got, you've got to stick by your team. I'm always proud to be a Bulldog. Not many people are saying that these days, mate, so I'm credit with, to I'm you. With you, Andrew, I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. <laughs> Excellent, Andrew. We Thank really you. appreciate having you on. Where can we find you again? Um, look, check out on Spotify and YouTube, Running With Heart. Um, on Spotify, it's a Running With Heart podcast. And on YouTube, just search up the Running With Heart channel, and it'll all be there. Um, I throw on their vlogs too of each day of my training when I'm out there running. Um, and there's a link there too under the shows if you'd like to donate to the Mission 231 cause as well. Um, be much appreciated for the Half Foundation. Excellent. We'll put both those links on our Facebook page um, in the comments That'd be great. section. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Amy Young, guys. All the best with your podcast. Thank you. You too, mate. Okay, thanks for the chat. Bye. Bye. All right. Awesome stuff. Man. Good job, boys. How was that? Two really guests. Job. Two awesome. guests. My knees already sore just, just <laughs> listening to him talk. I think I, my tendonitis is already yeah. kicking in. <laughs> Every time he'd say 231, I just hurt. <laughs> I think, when I think when, Roscoe he, said, when he said those few... stairs, I was oh. like, nah, not happening. Where grandfather's funeral was, Lure, you yeah. should have seen the st- like how steep that was. I know mm. the stairs he's talking about. No thanks. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't walking them. We, we think if you're starting from if you're starting from the top, you have to go down, but you have to come back up. Yeah, you gotta go back up. So, yeah. Yeah. Nah, yeah. he's a truly good bloke, mm. and he's doing it for a really good cause. Yeah. So, 
Props for him doing yeah. it for the heart. And yeah, awesome, awesome for him coming out about his anxiety as well. Yeah. 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 And something's really tough. And that wouldn't be light. A lot of, it. yeah, well, a lot of, I don't want to point fingers, but you all know who I'm talking about. A lot of athletes hide behind yes. that necessarily yeah. and don't oh, yeah. own up to it in the ways that they should. Yeah. And um, it depreciates the value of those that suffer through that mm. and yeah. come out stronger. They don't become yeah. an advocate yeah, so for it. Yeah, they, they, they do are. it in spite of it. That's right, yeah. 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 Exactly. It's an excuse rather than a... Yeah. A thousand percent. Yeah. So, no, very no, good. He was a top, he's a top bloke. Um, yeah, and we, he's doing good work. We may have him on again after he's done the... Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd be happy to come back 60 on. 60 hours, though, to do 230 days. That is ridiculous. I wouldn't do that in 60 days. you <laughs> <laughs> would be 60 months off. Yeah. When, he's talk, when he's talking about running and yeah. just chatting to his mates, when I run up the basketball court, I'm just worried about the next breath. That's all <laughs> I'm worried about. I'm not sure you'd call what you do running, but just moving <laughs> on from that. The oxygen in <laughs> the lungs. Say, if, they, if they set up a, a Neuralink on your head, Snakeo, to see <laughs> how, how focused you are, I think you'd be more focused than Andrew. I reckon I would be. Yeah. <laughs> I just wonder how his rig you know, pulls up the next day after oh. You know, spend it's it's got to be a long yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to yeah. the pod. When he talks about that big red. Yeah. It like was torrential rain too. Mm. So they get to camp and it's torrential rain. Everything they own is dripping wet. You got to camp the night, wake up the next morning to keep and going. Go and run. Yeah, like nuts. it's the mental battle as well as like mm. physically, you're going to be wrecked. We need to get him back on, get some more we're, questions. We're yeah. getting back on eventually. Yep. Good stuff. Well, now that we've talked to Andrew, let's jump into the NRL. Now, before we get into the club level, we didn't talk about... Well, we haven't had a chance to talk about Origin last week. Yeah. Uh, Queensland coming back in the third game, dead rubber, to win 20 points to 18. Against the Blues' second team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We picked Mitchell Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Now... Does it give him any sort of hope? What do you reckon? I don't know. Like, it does. They've got to feel a little feel good. Good, good about it. Yeah. Well, that was the strongest team they'd fielded all series was, yeah. by yeah. far. Yeah. Mm. Um, they still had a lot of outs. Yeah, Lindsay Collins was arguably their best front rower last year mm. in a winning series. He's out for the season. Dave He'll be back. Out. Dave Fafita missed that game. Um, the hooker, bloody um, Reed Marnie, or Harry Reed Grant. Marnie's the Both. backup. Yeah, you got Harry Grant as your number nine. Mm. Um, look, they've got a tremendous depth there. Mm. Um, the only place they're, they're lacking is centers. Center, they they need to work on the center position. Mm. Um, but I think the Hammer did well there. Oh yeah, no matter what you well, do, you're playing better, against Latrell. That was a better position for him Turbo. than Kurt Capewell. Kurt, it's in the second row, was so much, much better. better. Like he was they able can to do his him job. a lot more too. Yeah. So um, the one position that I think Queensland need to look at, can I guess? How we go? Halfback. It's the seven. <laughs> like it is. It, it's the seven and. I'm not saying now I think DC will play the next series, but the one after that is gone. Mm. No matter if they win or lose, because mm. you've got Sam Walker for one, mm. who he's going to be a superstar. Mm. So get him in early while you've still got a six that can control the game, I think. But you've also, and like you, you'll have Reed Money that can kick the ball from W yeah. half yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. And then you've still got like Reese Walsh in the background behind Caelan Ponga. Yeah, like and I, you got AJ, I and you got Brimson behind Brimson him. Well. So. Yeah, yeah. So well, in front of in front, Walsh. yeah, in front of Walsh. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, they don't struggle for fullbacks. Mm. 
um, even though they did it at a time this year, they've got so much depth at one. The centres is where they need to bulk up. Mm. Um, but I think they'll fill those spots and we're in for a good couple of years. Well, what do you think went wrong? Like, I know Queensland played fairly well, but what went wrong for New South Wales that game? Do you can, think I tell was, you, can I tell you Do you what think I'll... it was the halves? I thought it was like, the structure. Just the con- I thought, like, the like control. The structure and yeah. the attack, but, like, yeah. the control of the game yeah. and flow. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think that I think leads from the structure yeah. because there was... The because the halves pairing was just felt a little bit out of sync. Mm. You you sort of lost that any sort of structure they could they could manage anyway. Yeah, like it just I think that impacted a lot greater than anything else. Well, I think I think the out. thing is too like you lost two halves that could kick. Yeah, right? and you yeah. got one that can kick yeah. in Moses, and then one that one shouldn't that, that shouldn't kick yeah. in White. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was exposed for it too a couple yeah. of times. So yeah, I I think. Moses come under a lot of criticism. I don't think it was justified. Now he, he I'm had not a saying game. I'm not saying that he set the world on fire. Mm. I'm not saying that he should start in front of Cleary. The don't only he? thing I'll say, like you, we disagreed on this point that the kick, the bomb that he put up that landed in goal, yeah. you said was a good kick. It was. I said, well, it ended up being a good kick. That's that's my problem with it. Kicks only ever as good as it's chase. It doesn't matter if you if you. Bomb it into the corner, mm. and you pull it up thirty centimeters from the sideline. If no one chases, it's not a good kick. Mm. At the end of the day, they can kick to a style where it's going to land flat, mm. and that's what he gave. He gave his chases opportunity. I think the only thing I'll say is that had they had someone back there, that would have been a twenty meter restart. But the fact that and they and didn't could, have someone but there but is could, the reason why it was a good. The kick. other thing too is though, it could have bounced. Depend, like considering yeah. how deep it was, it could have bounced out. Yep. And that's a 20-meter restart as well. So, Of course it could have. I think he had a bit of luck in terms of how, I think in terms how, of, how it landed. I think Ross goes talking in terms of like when we talk about high percentage kicks, mm. it not, wasn't necessarily a high percentage kick. So it, it, was a, it was obviously a very risky kick. Yeah. So when we talk about whether it's a good kick or not, do we base it on percentages or do we base it on, on the what outcome. happened? I yeah. think we base it on the end result because if that had it bounced out, it would have been blasted. So why do we now criticise him because it didn't? You know what I mean? That's like, fair. Yeah, because but we're, we're talking about the percentages. So it's yeah. the same as if a basketball player takes a rubbish shot. Yeah, we'll still blast him even if he makes it. I won't. Yeah, you, but if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you're talking about a player that, for example, you would have shoots, LeBron. Ben, oh, LeBron if, it's, <laughs> if it's Ben Simmons, yeah, and he's yeah. he's marked up on the three point line and he takes a shot and scores it, yeah, then misses his next six. Is it still a bad shot? What's Ben Simmons' job? What's that? What's Ben Simmons' main job? Pass the ball. So what's Mitchell Moses' main job? Kick the ball. So he kicked the ball. It was a high percentage it was a low percentage play. Yep. But he took his shot and it worked. If Ben Simmons' main job was to shoot threes and he took a risky three and he missed, then I've got no problem well, with him I'll taking a shot. That. Free throws for Ben Simmons. But that's his job, and he doesn't that's do his it job well. To make so, it though. yeah, yeah, but and he doesn't he do that job well. Yeah, well, Mitchell did do, does do this job well. He does that job well for to, Pen- to for Parramatta every week. The issue Mitch has is he can't step up and just lead a team in big general, games. Yeah. It's not his kicking game. I've never had an issue with the kicking game in big games. Mm. It's his ability just to manage a team and to manage a situation. Mm. That's where his biggest issue is. 
And you can tell that by Parramatta, just they've been close but not there mm. for too many years. Mm. And that's that's I wouldn't have picked Mitchell for that game. Who would you have put in there? As soon as Luai went down, mm. I'm picking Reynolds and Walker. I was picking them as soon as Luai went down. Do you think the reason that they weren't picked is because they're a bit of a, well, at least uh, Walker is in a defensive position, like he's a bit weaker than his liability. the other. Yeah, a bit of a liability. I honestly think that the reason they didn't pick him is because we'd already won the series and in four years' time, you're not getting Walker to play six. Yeah. But you'll get Moses. Because well, Moses is the best option. Too, so. Or Whiten. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're going to get one of those two. Whiten had deserved his crack at six. He's been in the Origin team for a number of years. So he deserved his crack. Mitchell also deserved his crack. Yeah. Um, because if Cleary's still down next year, mm. we, we want someone that's had experience yeah. when the pressure's not on. And he'll be so much better for the run. So yeah. Yeah. I think even though they say oh, there's no such thing as a dead rubber... New South Wales took the opportunity because if there was one all, mm. there's no way Mitchell Moses plays. Mm. Now, Freddie said he would have, but he wouldn't have. There's no way he would have picked him. Mm. Well, at least Whiten wouldn't have played six. Yeah, like, yeah. You can't. I think. Yeah, it definitely. If it's if it's one all, I think you can't have them both in. They're too. I similar. think you gotta. Yeah, yeah. Into and same with the like the youth. You gotta. You, I think you gotta almost put an experienced player in there with them, just yeah. to, just to support them through that stage as they're. Neither of them are sort of good at keeping structures within games. And that's why if, even if Luai had a played, even though he's only played two games, I would have probably picked Mitchell. Because Luai's been there, won it, and he knew how to get these outside weapons into the game. You know what I mean? Like, where when they both went down, I would have picked the Rabbitohs blokes because they know how to use the blokes outside them. Like and they do it for South all the time, so you would have had a South Sydney combination of Cook at nine, the Rabbitohs halves, and then Trell at centre. Like that combination would have been really well, mm. but I understand why they picked him, and it's a move to the future. It's not necessarily a a kick on the Rabbitohs boys, if that makes any sense. Yeah, what do you think, Coxie? Great, great thoughts, mate. I agree. I think they would have. Pick the South boys if they had to win it. Yeah. But as you say, dead rubber. I think they're just trying to blood. Yeah. Moses, um, you know, I think when... I think that's why they picked Apicorus out too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He had a pretty good game too. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was fine. He was good. He's a great defender in the middle. Uh, Tommy Turbo, well-deserved man of the series, you think? No. No? I'm he- Pete Trell. Oh! oh. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> what? He was unlucky not uh. to get it. Oh. Nah. He was, he I, do, was well, I do agree with you though, Snake. I think he was the second yeah. best player in the first game by a bee's dick. Yeah. He was the second best player in the second game by a bee's said, dick. You could have just said a bee's sting. But no. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try and keep this PG, family come friendly. On. <laughs> mate, a lot of people, a lot of kids listening for the Andy mate, part, mate. I hope they turned off they're, this part. <laughs> <laughs> they're all hanging around for Mitchell's multi. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> Look, mate, it's 47 minutes in. The kids don't have an attention span this long. They're, they're, they're <laughs> long days. They're long neither, neither does Dave, so. Yeah, Dave doesn't listen to this bit all. Um, yeah, I thought he was unlucky because he was the best player on the field in that first half as well. So I thought he was so very unlucky. If he kicks that 
kick. Yeah. From 50 metres. Yeah. Out. From, yeah 50. Do you think the outcome changes? 100% it does. 100% it does. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 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 If he kicks that from halfway, he's man of the series. Yeah, it was crazy that he almost did. Do you know why he said he missed it? Shorts are too tight. Shorts are too tight. I have the same issue, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, we see the basketball, <laughs> mate. Those shorts are getting eaten. Well, let's move on to round eight. Hold on, hold on. Before we move on, is Latrell the best centre in the game? No. He's not a centre. He's a fullback. That's not what you said two weeks ago. No, he's not. Tommy is. Tommy's the best centre. But Trell had the best series. Okay, and, well, and if you want to pick genuine centres, then I think he is because he's a centre. He's not, he shouldn't be a. He fullback. shouldn't be a fullback. Yeah, and then if mm. and then if he is, then you have got to battle him and Joey Manu. Joey Manu is the best centre week in week out in the NRL. Well, let's Andy move five into, eight as well. Move into Andy uh, fullback. Round eighteen, uh, we had on Friday night. We had the Eels twenty six over the Titans eight. Uh, I mean, it, it's just. Pretty cool, pretty much cool runnings for Parramatta. Friday night's other game, we had Manly 32 over the Dragons 18. Yeah. What a depressing game to watch. Roscoe yeah. picked the margin on that one and he picked the Seagulls. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, Saturday afternoon, we had the Roosters 34 over the Cowboys 18. Snake didn't pick the margin on that and it cost him his multi. It's because we didn't have the multi on that one in the tipping. <laughs> Saturday night's game First game we had the Raiders 34 over the Sharks 18 Thought it was going to be a lot closer Raiders going back to back yeah. For Actually, the first time in about What Six seven rounds I had the Sharks in I think it was longer than that Yeah I did too I think Yeah longer really, I think it was yeah, longer than six seven rounds that, I'm trying to be generous here <laughs> <laughs> uh, Saturday night's final game We had the Storm 48 over the Knights 4 Knights continue to suck Suck ass And Melbourne break the record For the most points scored in the season like 86 years or something. I think that'll yeah. keep getting broken over the next oh, few years. They're doing it yeah. easy. They're doing it so easy. Sunday afternoon's first game and arguably the best game of the, yeah. the afternoon. Uh, we had the Panthers 30 over the Warriors 16. Warriors are really in this. They were until good, Chad Townsend kicked it into kick-out. <laughs> <laughs> Is Chad Townsend what a pickup? the most overrated player in the NRL? No, because he's I not think, rated at all. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> think, I, think, I think teams know his shit, yeah. mate. Think, Do they? Because yeah. the Cowboys just like, forked out a shit ton of money for but him. But I'm thinking, right, here's my thoughts, right? In a couple of years' time, we're going to see a draft, boys. That's what's going on. And they're getting prepped for it already. The Cowboys, Cowboys. are ready. The Cowboys are ready. They're going to get the number one pick. <laughs> one through to ten at this rate. <laughs> they're slowly storing them up, mate. Uh, yeah. Sunday afternoon's first game. Tigers again scoring scoring forty points and the Broncos scoring nearly thirty. Oh, yeah. Many Matthews had a good comment about that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was watching his he page. Was, oh, mate, he doesn't post anything until the Tigers win. We, we might just start it sharing. Up until the 60th minute. <laughs> we might just start sharing Benny Matthews' yeah. comments on the page. <laughs> well, he's one player of the week, like three weeks in a row or something for the um, Giants. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yeah. I, um, if the Cowboys are trying to tank to get the number one draft pick. The Broncos are giving them really stiff competition. <laughs> I don't know. I think the next yeah, team spe- might speak, give them Speaking of the number one draft pick. Rabbitohs, 32 over the Bulldogs, 24. Muzzy, this is a win. Mate, so close. Yeah, oh yeah, it's a win. Over, over 18, 18 points. Over 18 it's points. I called it a win. He would have won I'm, I'm if he hadn't have tried to wrestle the halfback yeah. as he walked <laughs> off the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, actually, in, in serious news, looking at the Bulldogs, 
They had the best week out of any team in the NRL because they've signed Gus Gould as their head of football. Here we go. Now, so you've got another five-year plan that doesn't pan out? How can you say that it doesn't pan out? Look at well, Penrith. Yeah, he's not there anymore because he set him up and he left. Oh, don't be silly. It was all Ivan I just think he got lucky, moves. hey. I already just got lucky. It's not lucky if the, the Bulldogs sign you, yeah, mate. The, smart, <laughs> the smartest thing. There's no, no luck in there, mate. <laughs> the smartest thing done by a Bulldog since Sonny Bill Williams left was signing Gus. That's the best thing that happened to that club. Yeah. It, Fair enough. It will work. Does that, that car yeah, been he's gonna there. he's gonna get a whole heap of Queenslanders in there. So pretty happy. With that. Well, he, does, get, he does love yeah. what he does, does but is he builds mean. junior. It builds your junior program. You'll put a yeah. centre of excellence at Belmore, and there's so many juniors coming out of that area. Like, it, It's a long play, but it's the best play on top of the signings that they've already got. Yeah, He he set that Penrith team up, mm. and they're so successful, and he'll do the same for the Bulldogs. It's really exciting Fingers for them. Crossed. Five years, does he? <laughs> five, five years, yeah, another five years. Yeah, Took them eight. Can, can you can hold on for that long, can you? Yeah. Wait. Waited this long, might as well wait some more. <laughs> Penrith haven't won shit yet, and they're still paying yeah. for it. So That is true. Well, let's move on to round 19, this week's coming week of games. We have, on Thursday night, the Eels up against the Raiders. Are the Raiders going to do the triple? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> not against this team. I no, not against Although, Penrith. if pressure is applied to the Eels, they do crumble a bit, so... Yeah, I just but don't think the Raiders... How much, how much pressure have the Raiders got left in them? <laughs> Minimal. Especially not getting to play at home. Like they're really mm. good at home. And uh. Everyone playing away, I think it's going to hurt teams like the Raiders. Well, that's it. Bit. With the bubble up in Queensland now. So Friday night's first game, we have the Roosters up against the Knights. I think the Knights are way too high a price hit. I, um, it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I don't think it will be. I don't think so either. I think I after that it'll, it'll Melbourne embarrassment, yeah. I think it'll Melbourne st- embarrass it'll stem, everyone. Stem yeah, that's what I meant. So if, if it was a different team that embarrassed the Knights, I think they would come ba- bounce back. The but now they're just like, oh, we play at Melbourne, yeah, we'll just play. It yeah, embarrass everyone. Yeah. 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 Mm. Well, the I think, it, I think it will be closer. And yeah. we can't forget that Kalen Ponger is in insane form at the minute too. Yeah, so. that's true. He did have a good game. So Fairy Brothers, they're fit now. I think last week was the first time that Ponger. Pierce and Frizzell had all played together. Mm. So you have the Saifidi brothers to that as well, I think. Mm. Newcastle are about to go on a run. Dragons are going to slip out of the eight. Look at Newcastle to finish seven. They're going to slip out of the ten the way they're going. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky to be the punk. Half of them will be in jail by the end of the year. So. <laughs> Another COVID breach, they'll be right. <laughs> Stupid dickheads. Anyway, let's move on to Friday night's second game. We have the Cowboys up against the Storm. All, hey, all I can say is a dollar five, boys. Dollar five. Dollar five. Get on them. Get Work on them, boys. Put, <laughs> put your house on it. That is yeah. safe, mate. Someone needs to get logs to put the house on that. That's massive. Put ten bucks on it. You'll recoup the ten dollars that you'd put on the Cowboys. So. Exactly. <laughs> Saturday afternoon's first game. We have the Rabbitohs up against the Warriors. Rabbitohs pretty easy, you think? Yeah, yeah, I think the Warriors will challenge it. I don't think it'll be a blowout, but the Rabbitohs will Well, the Warriors it. had a good game last week, so they're due for a shit one. I Rod- think Rogers been such good form. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, Saturday afternoon's game. Seagulls, or Tommy Turbo up against the West Tigers. <laughs> Tommy's, Tommy's playing too, Tommy's so... Playing. Um, How far is Jake? 40? Jake's not too far away either. Yeah, maybe another week or two. Mm. Um, Tiger Town come out this week... Um, Show on Foxtel about the West Tigers following their season. Like they're all or nothing sort of. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to support it because I want them to do half decent clubs. <laughs> so <laughs> after that, <laughs> yeah. So it's like support them through the Tigers shit, and then we'll get to watch them. Like, I'd love to watch a Melbourne one. Yeah. From the from the trailers though, too, you can sort of see the frustration behind Michael McGuire. Michael McGuire just screaming just, at everyone. Just a everyone. redheaded. <laughs> if Dave went bald, he'd look like Michael McGuire. <laughs> Just full on redhead, tomato head, angry. Oh. Thanks, mate. It means a lot. It means a lot. Coming from well, with that, we'll move on to the biggest <laughs> to trial Saturday. on COD. Saturday afternoon, Saturday night's yeah. game. We have the Panthers up against the Broncos. Yeah, Penrith. Yeah, I think Penrith will do this yeah. pretty easily. Uh, Sunday afternoon's game. We have the Dragons up against the Titans. Titans. Titans by ten. Titans are your team. Titans are by ten. By ten, by ten. By ten, yeah. I thought you said the Titans are my team. I was like, you're on another bandwagon. That'd be silly, mate. They're not even in the top two. (laughs) 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 Sunday afternoon's final game. I got Dragons by ten, by the way. Ooh, I like that bet. Oh, you're in the Tivin comp, Muzz. Yeah, if only. I'm so happy I'm not. Muzz should do his own multi. One ahead of Snake I could add that to me multi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, imagine imagine how low I'd be because I pick the Bulldogs every week. <clears throat> Even yeah. when they're paying fourteen bucks against yeah. Melbourne. <laughs> so Sunday afternoon's final game, we have the Bulldogs up against the Sharks. Sharks to bounce back. Um, yeah, yeah. Will, will Kennedy have an awesome game and then come on the pod? <laughs> <laughs> the next, the next, the next <laughs> day. The if next we want day. Him on the pod, we need him to get dropped. <laughs> I can't. Well, we just need to make a phone call anymore. I've, I've tried. I've tried so hard. <laughs> Well, that's pretty much the wrap-up for the NRL. We will jump across to the NBA Finals, which are heating up at the minute with the Milwaukee Bucks bouncing back. They are now leading 3-2 in games. Very interesting stuff. Do you think it is now at the point where the Bucks have figured the Suns out? Yep. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, figure them out. I think just one game away, I think they're just going just gonna to push. Just going to keep rolling. But then, I mean, the Suns will too as well. It's going to be tough. That's one game. I think the only way way Suns win this next game, Chris Paul's got to have like 30. And he's 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 struggling. He's been struggling. He's he's really gone missing. But Middleton's been locking him down. And Drew Holiday, I I talked about him being my pick for the Defensive Player of the Year. I still think he deserves it because he's an absolute monster. And what he's done for that. He's better than Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, and if Giannis won one, I don't know why Drew Holiday has won one. So. He he's won two, hasn't he? Giannis, has he won two defensive players of the year? Yeah, I think uh, so. Didn't one, I think. Didn't it was just two. one, but two oh, MVPs. No, he shouldn't have won two one. M- two he shouldn't have won one, yeah. yeah. Rudy Gobert <laughs> keeps taking him yeah. for some reason. Don't know why. <laughs> don't know how. Well, because he's just seven foot tall and he's yeah. got a seven six wingspan. I could that's defend. All, I could defend well too if I just he averages he averages he averages zero point five steals. Roscoe can do that in his sleep. Sure can. <laughs> he doesn't Roscoe, even move. Roscoe probably defends. <laughs> Roscoe probably grabs more rebounds. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it remain quiet. Uh. <laughs> no, I think yeah, it'll be interesting. I think Chris Paul's got to show up, but it's so t- like Drew Holiday playing out of his mind. Yeah, I think he well, that, he, he, he probably yeah well he probably divided and then alley oop to Giannis. Yeah, that was perfect. Mm. What a finish! Put it right yep. right next to the hoop. So I, just so, I just so wish that that like play was to win the series. Yeah. Would have been yeah. epic. Yeah. Yeah. So, look, I think, yeah, it, Chris Paul's got to do something, but mm. whether he whether he can or not against Drew Holiday, good luck. Good luck. Yeah. 
I think it's too much of a hole they're in now. They've got to win two games. They won right. two, two to start. Well, well, this, it, this next game is going to be really tough. At Momentum's Milwaukee. with yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah. 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 But I and think yeah, if, if, so, if Suns win this one, it's going to be tough for the Bucks to win yeah, seven the game seven. They'll probably be playing in Phoenix. Mm. The crowd will be going crazy. And mm. Phoenix have the momentum. And we'll have uh, the old Phoenix Suns guy, Suns in four. Yeah. I know you're on the Suns, mate. I know they're your team. Yeah. Um, okay. We didn't mention the draft picks when they came out. So the draft lottery came yeah, out no, a couple, I, I, couple I of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the Pistons got the number one pick. Yeah, about time they, <laughs> they yeah. needed something. <laughs> so, yeah, Pistons got number one, and I think Warriors traded up and got a pretty early one as well. So yeah, they needed three. some help. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. They, they they'll probably, they'll probably just trade it away. away. Are they yeah. the new Cleveland? Cleveland <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the new OKC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so not they're just <laughs> no, they're just sitting and waiting, waiting until like the picks King, come in. They're like yeah. King Joffrey on a mountain yeah. of picks. Hopefully, they yeah. don't get done like him. <laughs> 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 that wouldn't be good. Uh, <laughs> could be worse. But, um, could be like Philly trust the process and yeah, still try and trust it. Well, they're not trusting. Uh, wouldn't you have trust issues I mean, after I mean, the Hawks well, getting over? Yeah, when they played Toronto, they were really only one win away from. They were one fluky ass corner three away from the true finals. Yeah. And I think that changes their whole history if that happens. But the big news coming out this week, Damian Lillard. Looks like he's out. Looks like he's out. Yeah. What, are, what are we thinking? What's what's an ideal situation for him? Well, I hate to say it, but I reckon he'll end up at LA. LA? I think the, he's going to go... Lakers or the Clippers? Lakers. 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 I think he's definitely going to go somewhere where he's going to win. Yep. I think he's over not winning. Because so he could do that in Portland. Well, I think, I think that yeah, that's the thing. I think he has to go to a, a super contender, mm. like a team that's going to just dominate the next yeah. year. I think that's what well, he's in, doing. in a place that's indeed, that needs a point guard too. Yeah. So what's what's what do you think's a bigger impact on the team? Lillard going to the Lakers or Simmons going to the Warriors? In all fairness, Lillard. I like well, I've I've said Simmons at the Warriors for a while now. Well, we talked deeply about it I, at, I, the, at the start of, at the start of the of NBA season yep. because we we talked about it would be like Giannis being on the Bucks except for he's got better shooters around him. That's exactly how I've thought yeah. about it since the moment that they floated the idea of him leaving Philly. That's where I've wanted him to go. Not now because I think he's a flog, but when I wanted him to be successful, we'll get to that. Now I want him to go to Sacramento. Like, because they won't win. So, wait, who you want? No, you want I want him. I, want, I definitely want. I definitely yeah. want him to go to Chicago. There's, <laughs> there's history there, and he can just and he sit can there. Suck there too. That's right, and he's <laughs> he's definitely sucked there. Him and, him and Vucevic, who is an absolute superstar, Orlando oh. can't do anything now. As soon as he puts that Bulls uniform oh, on, <laughs> I got I got no sorry, words. Okay, I got I got I got no words. Uh, what do you reckon, Coxie? Um, what do you yeah, think? We'll have, what do you what do you think will have the bigger impact on the NBA? <sighs> I think Dame going to Lakers would. To be yeah. honest, I honestly think that would do it. <laughs> just to have, just to have a player of his yeah, caliber yeah. on the team with Bronny AD. Mm. <sighs> Isn't there talk a bunch that of he would, they would <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're going to have yeah, no but, cap room oh, left. Yeah. Kyle Kuzma, I mean, come on! <laughs> it's three on It's three on five every week, and hope no one gets injured. The counter to that though is. Like Ben Simmons going to the Warriors adds another defensive player, like for Draymond Green to oh. bounce well, the, off. The of. scary thing and is, and it's also you've got the two best shooters in the league. And that's there. exactly well, the, the scary yeah. thing is Warriors could get Ben Simmons. James Wiseman could go another year and develop, mm. 
and they have a possibility of getting another high draft pick. Look at the which second. They issue. could trade. I don't think it's second. I think it's like third or something. But it's it's high mm. up anyway. It's top five. They could trade up and then get a fourth superstar. Jeez. Like you're talking about their whole bench is just going to be minimum players. But but they're starting five. That's, they've managed, that's they've managed like, to it's do like it. Nets yeah. next level. But they've managed to win titles with one half-decent player coming off their bench. Well, the they past, nearly got yeah. carried to the finals this year by Steph alone. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, remember when Livingston was coming off the bench and he was like their only half-decent bench player and he, mm. he lit it up? Like, yeah, yeah. They're, they're able to do it. And yeah, Simmons can play big minutes too, so... I don't know. Mm. He doesn't shoot the ball, so he might as well defend for ages. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no, I I mean if he goes to But that applied if for he goes sure to the also. Warriors, it's it's on for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you also think like that applied pressure that'd be on like Clay or Steph opens up the middle floor as well for Well there's Benson no there's no double team. Through. Like you know what I mean? Like it spreads the floor so much for him. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's, that's, that's the thing. Insane. It's got to yeah. be. It's got to be either you play no double team and just mm. let them all score. Yeah. Or you double team Steph and Clay on the ball. Yeah. And that's it. And that's that's all of a sudden you're going to have like three people basically open. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And someone's going to make a yeah. shot. Yeah. Well, we know Ben Simmons is good for a layup, but that's about it. <laughs> Which it opens oh, well. up the four team. It'll it'll open it right up. Yeah. Well, let's jump across. Uh, Muzzy, you wanted to bring up the GOAT debate this week. Yeah, so uh, we, talk, we talked about last week we it's had the, um, <laughs> the, the Copa America. Messi won it, his first international title. Um, yeah, so congratulations to him. He sort of played a pretty big role in winning that, one player of the tournament. He was. He had the golden pretty, he boot. Had a, he had a pretty good series. Had, had the gold, had good. the golden boot. Had the most assists. Had ah, oh, he just led in every stat possible. I think it was. He did dog a golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did do that. <laughs> and we we talked about. I think all of us agree. All of us are were on the Ronaldo bandwagon, which is unpopular yeah, so. opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think so, I think so. Like. But, but at the same time, we acknowledge that his ability to do it outside of his comfort zone, should account for more than what it does. Mm. Yes. And I think that's why he sort of doesn't get the acclaims that he does. But with this win here, I mean, it's really tough now. It's really tough now because not only has Messi done it, he's probably going to win Ballon d'Or this year too. So that puts him two ahead of Ronaldo. And Ronaldo's not going to win another one, I don't think. Another Ballon d'Or. He might. He might. But he's got to go to a team that's going to just feed him. And a team, probably in a league where it's not as defensive as Serie A. He was still highest goal scorer there, but it's a very defensive watch league, him, so it's tough. Watch him sign with PSG now. Watch him sign with Man City. Yeah, well, that's he not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> with all that cap room that we have. Um, <laughs> More than Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. Although, maybe not. Well, with, with the way the Barcelona's cutting their things, they might get Ronaldo. Mm. So the way they're asking players to cut their wages, unbelievable. Well, anyway, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> in terms of stats, I've got like the individual trophies in terms of their um, international career. Okay, so Messi's won two golden balls. So that's for best player of the tournament. Yep. Um, he's also won two um, scoring titles for in each, in each tor- of the tournaments. And 
in the in the copper. So the two golden balls that I talked about were in World Cups, and he's also won two golden balls in the Copa America. In in comparison, Ronaldo's won um, the goal scoring title only. So that was for the Euros this year. So he's only been the highest goal scorer this year in the Euros. In terms of trophies, Messi's now got one. Okay, so he's got he's got the one. Ronaldo's got the two. He's got the Euro and the Nations League, which I don't know if we really count. Yeah, it's a sort of it's sort of a minor trophy. But in terms of their trophies, that's what they've got at the moment. What are our thoughts, boys? I think, these, I, think um, I think it's also depending on like the level of competition though too. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel as though Europe has a much more defensive sort of mindset when they're going into Euros. Yeah. Compared yeah. to like a lot of South American football is like free flowing, a lot of flair. But um, look, I I think for Ronaldo, I think he's against comp- tough tougher competition in terms of that Europe area. Sanko. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think he's done more with a weaker team yeah. for longer. And that's yeah. always been my thing. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, Messi, oh, look, I don't follow the international game overly close. I don't follow soccer overly close, full stop. Messi has made a final of the World Cup. Is that true? Yep. Um, and he was the best player in that tournament, like in that World Cup. But I just feel Ronaldo has done more with less. Yeah, and yeah, I he's think put him on his shoulders like just more like. I think when you're messing, you got players playing behind you like Xavi, Iniesta, you got Henri in your team. Like this was his early Barca days. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I think you're right, Jake. I think he's sort of had a better team around him at times. I'm not saying all the time. I think at times he's had a better team around him, which has certainly helped. But we also we also have to acknowledge. I mean, Real Madrid at the time they had. Some of the best players in the world mm. while Ronaldo yeah, was there. True. They did have Urzil, who then went on to lead the assists in yeah. every league that he's mm. been in. Yeah. Mm. So that that definitely helped his career. They had Di Maria, who went on to be an absolute superstar and keep a lot of players out of that PSG it's team. Like Ramos because, there in the yeah. back, yeah. back line. Yeah. As well, That's right. So. Yeah. yeah. And the league, yeah. you're talking about yeah some of the most accomplished like Casillas, mm. one of the most accomplished keepers in the world. But and that's why, and that's why we always go to the international game to split yeah. these two. Yeah. Like, and that's what and our they, case and, and has always it been. Was, it it was, and for a while, it was because they both played in Spain. Yeah. In terms of the individual trophies, if we just look at the league titles in the Champions League, so Messi's got four Champions Leagues, and he's got six Ballon d'Ors. Yeah. Ronaldo's got five Champions Leagues and five Ballon d'Ors. In terms of titles. So Ronaldo's won 32 major titles mm. in his career and um, Messi has won 34. So he's got two on top of him. Now, so I I would almost balance their international careers off next to each other these days. I tend to balance off their Spain days as well. Yep. The only thing that keeps Ronaldo ahead for me personally is he's done it elsewhere. So, like, he's done it in the Premier League where he made his name for himself mm. and now he's doing it in... Well, I think that's the other thing, too. We've, we've seen Messi throughout his career. He's only been a Barcelona. He's won... Yeah. He's wore one jersey. Mm. Like, yeah. and that's... Whereas Ronaldo's gone from the Premier League to La Liga. 
yeah. over to uh, Serie A as well. Yeah. So yeah. And you have to say in the early days the Prem was a harder competition. So yeah. many, it still is. Like, yeah, like well, you look it, at yeah, it now. now. Like, but I'm talking like Spain back in the early days probably mm. it was two horse race between Barca and Madrid. Mm. For, for until for a lot until of the time. Ronaldo the longest left. Time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's that's when it opened right up is when he left. So um, no, look, I can never begrudge anyone for saying that Messi's the goat. All right. Mm. But I'm just saying he's not mine. I, I'll, think, I, will, I think the thing I is, will fight anyone that says LeBron's the goat, but I won't <laughs> fight anyone that says the Messi is. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think the other thing is too; these two players are once in a generation players. Yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. They are so far ahead of anyone else in their league. Isn't it funny? But like we look at, we always go, oh, but only if they were in the same era, we'd be able to tell them apart. And now we've got it. And now we've mm. got and it, and we, and we still, still can't, can't tell them apart. apart. Mm. And it's. It's the same for yeah. like Roger and Nadal. Like. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some, well, yeah. it's Roger, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can. We but can. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, I know what you're saying. Well, yeah. well, yeah, other mates in the goat question now, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, he the fails third, on the, the dickhead wheel. <laughs> <laughs> the unspoken rule. Uh, on the Tomic Award. Wheel. He wins the Tomic yeah. Award. Yeah. yeah. Now, look, I thought, I just thought it would be an interesting conversation. I saw, I saw some very interesting stats about it, and um, Leo Messi had. Most shots on target, most um, key passes, yeah. most chances created. Like, he just dominated that tournament. Yeah. I think the other thing is, though, too, they do pl- tend to play different positions. Yeah. So, yeah. Ronaldo was out on the right Well, a lot, of, a lot of time, Messi's played cam, basically. Yeah, cam. A lot and of time, like, because he can build up that mm. that play, and his ability to score goals from cam is... N- you have to say it's probably Second the best... It's the yeah. best ever. that's yeah. ever been. Yeah. Yeah. So... Like that's that's got to be commendable. While Ronaldo spent majority of his starting career on, on the, the wing. wings, yeah. and now he's transitioned to, into a striker. striker. Yeah. So yeah, look, I I just thought it was it was super interesting, and you know we we don't we don't, we don't get the ch- chance to debate much about goats except right. for what we talked about last week. Put your name to it. Who you going, Mars? Who's the goat? Who am I going? Yeah. <clears throat> I think if Messi wins the Ballon d'Or this year, I've got to give it to him because he's it's. I can argue it if he's one ahead, but for me, I can't argue it if he's had six, you know, two extra seasons better than Ronaldo. Even right. though that they've, it's been said before that the Ballon d'Or normally goes to him. Even though that Ronaldo's probably had better season, he's been Ronaldo's been unlucky to win it a few times. Yeah, I think he's, he's been unlucky. I think Messi's been unlucky a couple of times too. Mm-hmm. So I think it it evens out. But well, I, I think other I think been unlucky. They, kind of they, 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 they definitely, they definitely deserve yeah. it. I think. Mm. For the for the last eleven years, those yeah. guys deserve it. Like, I kind of wish that they had it got him fireball right. and then yeah. just went. Yeah, yeah. let's just not, not give it. We're, it. Not, we're not giving it anymore. <laughs> we're just, just going to give you both yeah. the goat award yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's it. And then <laughs> someone else can get the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Yeah. That's right because Jorginho win it this year, so we're oh, all good. I thought Alexander Arnold was hard done by, but. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he's just like he's just like a how many how many, minute, how many minutes did he play for England? Yeah, not, <laughs> they didn't win, did they? But they picked him, maybe. Oh, they made it to the final. Yeah. <laughs> Roscoe, who you going? Um, in my head, Messi, Hart, Ronaldo. Thousand percent the yeah, same, same, but yeah. I'm going Ronaldo. Coxie, yeah, Ronaldo. Hart thing or head thing? That's a hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Messi paid his taxes. I just, <laughs> oh, yeah, just pay your taxes, man. Just pay your taxes, man. I just, I just feel yeah. like everyone just acknowledges how hard Ronaldo works. 
Yeah. And that makes well, I think them that's appreciate the other. I, I think like, he gets. I think as Australians, we appreciate that more the hard because work. we're like, yeah. all right, he's hard worker. Messi might yeah. be gifted. Yeah. We know Messi's Messi works gifted, hard. Yeah. We know yeah. he works yeah. hard. But but he's he just he's doesn't show as much. Ronaldo gets two points for the rig. For the age that he's well, Coming from the first time uh, fitness goer at uh, Portland, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And fitness Jim mate, fit rich yeah, remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, statue of Snake out the front <laughs> yeah. for his one visit. Well, with that, we we'll jump it, across to the news. Uh, so we had a few sports headlines this week. I think the major thing that happened this week is our friend of the friend of the pod, you reckon? Liz Cambridge. No, no, we, we, we a, refer to her as Tomic now. Uh, oh, that's right. Tomic <laughs> Award for being a dickhead. Uh, yeah, so basically the breakdown is there seemed to be a kerfuffle at uh, Opal's training that involved Liz Cambridge. She then came out after that saying that she's not going to play for the Opals at the, the Olympics, citing mental health issues and saying that everyone's picking on her, basically. She's a brat. I think that's sort of what it knuckles down to. Whether or not she is suffering from mental health issues is another thing. But Look, my biggest indicator of this is how many of her teammates have rushed out and said, oh, we really wish Liz all the best? None. I yeah. haven't heard yeah. one. Yeah. So for me... No, I've, actually, I've actually been looking for that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been paying so I've attention. Been, I've been searching yeah. and I've been looking at even the... the um, the Women's Australia Boomers page and all the yeah. rest of it. Nothing. There hasn't Not been a work. single thing about Not it. Work. All I've seen is they're accusing her of abusing other players. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> no. Nah, and I, we know, um, we know she's, we've had trouble with her in the past in terms of playing for the Opals, uh, even just being a good person. Uh, you, don't, you don't like to speak down on people, but I think it's come to a point where Liz Cambridge is getting pull, pull, called out on a bullshit, basically. And she's being exposed for the person that she is. It's yeah. Look, it's it's sad. I want to word this the right way. It's mm. sad that if she is hiding behind, you know, we we had Andrew on the on the podcast talk about his anxiety and sort of open up in a very real and I think touching way for everyone, mm. even on his own podcast. But I think it's sad if she's hiding behind that. We've never heard anything about it. Mm. She's never mentioned anything about it. She's always first to criticise everybody else. And, I mean, you know, she plays the whole WNBA season, Mm. doesn't mention anything about it. Mm. Played the previous Olympics, didn't mention anything about it. It's very, the timing's very Mm. poor. So for that, I think if she's hiding behind that, as well as the whole issue with, um, you know, the Australia athletes being too white, Mm. the ref... Um, the, one of the coaches from another WNBA team, you know, talking about yeah. his size. Like, it just seemed, the list just seems to go on and on, and she just I seems think, to be yeah. hiding behind that stuff yeah. that it's unfortunate because for other athletes, that's real issues. Mm. Like, that's real issues and real problems mm. in terms of all of the stuff that she's gone through about body image, about all of um, the race stuff. And, and it's sad if she's hiding behind it because it devalues all the all people the that stuff, have to yeah, go through exactly. that. Exactly. I think the other thing is too, like she she lives for like double standards in terms of and like just to gain clout, like for whatever she's going for. Like, and I think that sort of stems off all those things that have happened too. So, I mean, if she's if she's actually mentally ill, then she 
or having mental health issues, she uh, good luck to her to yeah. go get it fixed. But in terms of your teammates and the way you're representing yourself, it's not a good look. No. Look, put it this way. Don't be surprised if you see her do a Ben Simmons and just rock up at the tennis yeah. or some other event mm. while this is all going on. 100%. So That's the other thing, though, too. She's got it a lot better than a lot of her teammates on the Opals as well. Hell yeah. So, yep. look, I, I don't think I have anything else to say on that except for no. it's just poor. Nope. Poor all around. Uh, let's move on some to some better news. So we had Australian Ben O'Connor coming forth in the uh, Tour de France. Huge achievement. Yeah. Only two only two Aussies have ever finished higher than fourth. And there's only been five ever to get in the top five. Yeah, so tremendous effort. Um, it was his first one. So Well, and he's still very young. He's very to young. Do, to That's do awesome. that when you're 24. Yeah. When you develop your endurance late. That's like, it, especially like you yeah. saw Cadell Evans win... Like nearly thirty years he old, was, he was he was well in there. So, yeah. no, well done to him. Um, Got to pass it over to the floor. Who's got news? Um, oh, we got the cricket, which isn't necessarily worth talking about considering we got beat three one. And Coxie just fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Still going. <laughs> I will ask your thoughts on Mitch Marsh's form, Roscoe. I mean, it's the best form I've seen him in in a while. Um, he was tremendous, mm. batting at three in the. T twenty format. Uh, just a shame that his teammates are dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from one good over from Mitchell Stark, mm. Josh Hazelwood. Josh Hazelwood bowled really well, but Stark. See, Fez, I do like Josh Hazelwood in T uh, twenties. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm looking to get Fez on to talk about the start of summer, so I'm looking forward to him questioning you about the T twenty credentials of. Move on, Josh Hazelwood. Um, <laughs> No, tremendous form from Mitch Marsh, and he's come under a lot of criticism for a long time. So um, good to see him hitting some form. Um, that's pretty much all to be fair, I've that was got. Validated at the time, based on his form. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't pronounce the bloke's last name, but Colin won the golf open. Uh, tremendous effort by the American. So I'm not even going to say it because it'll be wrong. So. <laughs> Colin, he's an American, and he won the he won the British Open. So, so if you're not sure who he is, just look him up. Uh, Morikai, I think you say it, but I um I'm not going to say it. So um, he's super young, and he's undefeated. Morikawa, that's the one, uh, and he's undefeated in majors. So that was only his second start in a in a major, and he's won it. So and he won his first Very too. Good. So. Tremendous effort. He'll be at the Olympics for Team USA. So. Awesome. Um, I just got a couple from the F1. Um, Lewis Hamilton had a bit of a crash with Max Verstappen. Didn't look very good. No, it looked looked dodgy as. Like, it looked... I mean, in the in the audio, I think, during they had a playing that Lewis said, well, no, he swerved in front of me. But it looked really bad. I think... He, said, he, said, he said I was... I was ahead going in there, fully alongside, and he just turned on me. So it's hard to say because Lewis did have the racing line yep. on the inside. Uh, Max does tend to push push it a bit. Yep. Um, unfortunately, I think this has just come down to a racing incident. Um, yeah. 
Max has come out about it and said that the penalty given was not enough. Needs to be more think, repercussions. Yeah, I think Max was that's bored. A, that's, that's, a, that's a political yeah. standpoint as well. I think. I think Max. <laughs> he wouldn't mind. Disapp- he wouldn't mind if yeah. Lewis Hamilton missed a few races. Yeah. So oh, I mean, they either one of them. The rest but of the field wouldn't. So yeah, I think for Max, I think he was more disappointed that Hamilton didn't come out and apologise. Yeah, for, I think so. For the and I think so. in blaming Max wasn't the best look mm. on Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. So, but I mean. The rules are the rules, and Hamilton got a 10-second penalty, and he still won. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a credit to him. Yeah, definitely. And obviously the big news, Sergio Ramos going to for a free to PSG. I don't know if any of you have seen the video, but he puts his jersey on for the first time. And he, looked and he down, looks for his yeah. captain's armband, but it's not there. And a heart breaks. Oh, it was man. tough. It was tough. Tough to say. Tough to say. Give it a year. He'll be 16, captain 16, there. 16, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't be surprised they give yeah. him captain a bit earlier than that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So... Nah, but I'm just happy he's got to at least do a training session. I'm just happy that he's got a team that he can That's right. have a good stead with. So. Yeah, and lead them away. That's all right. That's all I had. Excellent. Coxie? Uh, we've still got the pick 199 curse, don't we? That's still in effect. Who are we oh, cursed at now? I just want to uh, congratulate uh, in second grade... Panorama and Eglinton, they're doing very well <laughs> this season. I hope you boys keep it up. It's a tough season. Um, look, they're just where awesome. Are, where, where, sorry, are we, are we having Barry awesome. Yates on? For, con- for context, <laughs> do you happen to play second grade against these off opponents? Uh, yes. Uh, we Is happen it? to be third. <laughs> and I just that, wish these yeah, boys... We're, we're behind Eglinton on goal differential. Jake, say, just can you say... Just cursed himself and your team. Uh, so. I think Pano... A great club and they've, they've got great success. So I'm sure they'll continue and it's going to be a really tough battle for you to do well. So Roscoe, Jay, would you, would you please so talk happy about on Thursday. <laughs> Roscoe, could you talk a little bit a little bit about Ego, Eglinton? Ego. How great a club they are and they're based in Eglinton and they let's can, move on. They can, <laughs> they can potentially win it, you know. They're your favourites to win it. Negative. <laughs> Jake's the one that's doing all the cursing. Okay. So. Speaking of cursing, can I do Mitchell's multi? All the cursing. <laughs> hey, Mitchell's multi. Here we go. All right, let's, let's win the v- listeners some money. All yeah. right. Going outside the box a little bit. So all right. don't bet any money on it. So I'm only got, it's, only a small, it's only a small multi this week. Um, 50 th- cents. Three legs. Three legs. I've gone Newcastle with nine and a half start. I think it's going to be a close game between the Chooks. So I'm going Newcastle with nine and a half. I'm going Milwaukee just to win the next game. So they'll win the series. And the New York Mets, I've got them beating the Cincinnati Reds. I'm on the Mets hard this year. Um, They're a real championship contender, so get on the back of them. (laughs) Until they get caught for using pine tar. (laughs) Don't jinx caps and on their arms. Don't don't (laughs) jinx us. (laughs) We suck so bad. (laughs) Uh, so that's Mitchell's multi Potential winnings So uh, Two dollar bet Anyone that puts in on that You cannot get a refund from the pod We will not endorse <laughs> this Nor will we But you say can message that Snaker on Facebook Yeah you can yeah. message Snaker But you, we, we, we are not advising that you follow his rules No okay? It's but poor financial if, advice If you wish to do it just go and give you one anyway. So instead of blaming Josh Addo Car for your losses this week, go and stick it on <laughs> It's um that'll get you a good price too. Four dollars twenty seven that'll get you. So wait, so on a two dollar bet you win eight dollars. Yeah, pretty much. I, I was hoping this is gonna be one of those ones. On a two dollar bet you win Look, like two hundred. No, we're starting small. We're building in. You got, we're building oh. in. 
So does that mean that you've put that money on the line? All right, so what oh, happens... Yeah, it's, it's on the line. So when you lose that money, what happens, Snaker? He's going to ask me missus for more. He gets hung and castrated. Because this is going to be... You know how they have Charles's guarantees? Yeah. It's Mitchell's, Mitchell's multis. Yeah. He's got he's to he's have some, some oh kind of punishment for this. Make him run laps or something. I don't think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, all right, I'll go one for you. Andrew, um, who we had on the pod, he's doing... No, it's skipping be- challenge, right? So jump rope for heart, heart foundation. So he's pushing people to do 231 <laughs> skips a day. I will do that for two weeks if this doesn't come off. Two no, weeks. just 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 do it, just do it for until the next pod. Right. And then you bring, After you bring this in, and then you bring in another one. Yeah, you only have to do it for a day. And then bring in another one and then do it another day. Yeah, right. Now. Fuck, you're going to yeah. be so fit after this. I'll skip it full game of ball. I'll do 231. Until I win a multi, every day until I do a multi. Oh, oh like whoa! That. I like I that. that. Can every we can day. we get that recorded? Yeah, three no, leg it's multis. On the, it's on the pod. It's, it's recorded. Yeah. No, 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 no. Record him doing it. Yeah, oh. hey, oh. I'll record it. <laughs> Fuck, that's <bro>. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Snake. Right, so the last leg of this multi is Friday night. So that's all right. And if, yeah. if you miss um, if you miss a day, you do a double hot sauce. Nah, wrong. <laughs> I'll just do double the next day. <laughs> so just save them up so they can do them all at the end. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> can you do that and do it on oh. the pod? I'll just oh, take it on the yes. pod. On the pod and we'll do a live broadcast of I it. Don't think on, there's an, I don't think there's enough memory Come on, on the memory card. Come on. We've only got 18 hours left. <laughs> <laughs> do we have paramedics stand by? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, sounds good. <laughs> this will win anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I'm oh, nervous okay. about Newcastle okay. not plus. Oh, I, I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's jump into the quiz. Oh, back to no quiz master this week. I've got a question. Has anyone else got a question? Are you just, just talking while the quiz music is yeah. going? Yeah, that's Unbe- fine. Oh, that's fine. I have to listen to it. <laughs> what, you don't listen to it normally? <laughs> Last week. Come on. You last didn't week. listen last week, surely. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Well done. Well, considering I have a question, do you want me to go first? Why not? Yeah, maybe. Right. I'm going to the world of basketball. What year was Giannis Antetokounmpo drafted and what pick did he go? You better write them down because you'll get this. Just pull the pen out and it opens. Um... Depends on you. Thanks. Thanks, mate. What, what year was he drafted? What year was he drafted? And what pick? You've got to get them both because I think it's a bit easier. So oh, you've got you to get the year and the pick. Year and the pick that he went? Year and the pick. I reckon if you get the year, you I, <laughs> I think that's good enough. That's, year. No, yeah. that's He's not the question. Yeah, I reckon the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. no, not accepting that. Year and the pick. Well, lucky no one asked you, Stacey. It's my question. <laughs> We've got some writing. Can I hit the shot clock yet? Anyone done? Anyone done? Ooh. All right, we've got some answers. All right. Roscoe. Uh, 2013. Yep. And pick number 12. 
Muzz. I had 2013, pick eight. I'd pick 14, same year. These are all super close. Coxie was the closest. It was 15. Oh, He went yeah. 15. He's all got the year. Yeah. Shit. This is why I'm glad I'm... Hey, I'm, I'm going to give us props for that, though, too. Yeah, like, yeah. He's did, yeah. He's did, right. he's did okay. good. Should I he's get a good. point yeah. closest to? No, I think no. that just counts towards Snakeo's tally. No, <laughs> <laughs> totally it does. Right on. What do you got? Right on, I've got one for nothing. you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> got nothing left. To the world of football. That is European football. Oh, shit. Snakeo. <laughs> Liverpool won the Champions League in 2005. Yep. Apart from Steven Gerrard, <laughs> name three other players. Oh, I can name one. Are we doing this too? Yep. Yeah, right here. Lovely silence, guys. <laughs> While the writing's going. Come on, fill it in, Russ. I, I can just hear the, some rubbish, the gears turning in Stango's head. Oh, i got nothing. Liverpool 05. I've only got one. The year they won the Champions League. Stanko is a bona fide Liverpool supporter. Yeah, from 18 on, we've established and he's, this. He harps on about how much history they've got there. <laughs> <laughs> we've I? got the best history in the Premier League. <laughs> we do. Doesn't mean I know it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Struggling. So I'm going to give you... Yeah, I'm, I'm struggling at the moment too. Jeez, Liverpool. Such a We're forgettable gonna team. We're going to crack it down. We're yeah. going to go to 10 seconds. Oh. Hands down. I think I've got two. Who have you got? But Harry Kuehl. Yep. Was Torres there at the time? Just to specify, which Torres was that? The blonde-headed attacking one. But his first name? (laughs) (laughs) Torres. Fernando. That one. Uh, Muzzy, who have you got? Pepe Reina. Pepe Reina. Shabby Alonso. Shabby Alonso. Was Skirtle there? Skirtle, let's have a look. I've got Skirtle and Owen. Yeah, it's a three, mate, not four, so you're wrong. Sorry. Sorry, It does not look like Skirtle is no, there. No. I put Owen as my third. Was Owen there? No, you did. <laughs> <laughs> no. I've got um, Jersey Dudek. Jersey Dudek. Yep. Oh, Risa. That's what I was thinking of. I was trying R- to think of a winger. Sorry. I got Risa sorry, sorry, as well. Sorry. And uh, Alonso. <laughs> Chabby Alonso. Yeah. Well done, mate. Well, you had Harry Kill. I did. Fernando Torres was not there. Oh, I thought he wanted to be. Uh, you come after two, you. and I believe you had two as well, Coxie. No one gets any. Uh, so, wasn't Jersey Dudek there? Hang on, surely. Just let me double check the spelling. Yeah, Jersey Dudek, goalkeeper. Yeah, he was there. Yep. Well, well done, Coxie. Oh, I got so three. Got three. Hang on, who else? Risa and Chabi Alonso. Sorry, guys. I know this is uh Take them longer to give us the answer than we did. Yeah, because I've got the whole squad. <laughs> here, it's a big squad, full of greats. Yeah, Risa or Caesar? 
No, Risa. He, he might have come the following year. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. they've got Because he traded CC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Carrigan had retired too, hadn't he? Who? Jamie Carrigan. No, he was there. He was there. Carrigan. Sure, yeah. Carrigan. Oh, yeah, why did I not say Jamie Carrigan? Stevie Jamie. Got all of them. Carrigan. Chabby yeah. Alonso. I'm fairly sure we did tell you about Chabby Alonso. <laughs> we did. Yeah, I think we definitely did. did. As soon as I Numerous heard the name, times. I was like, yeah, he was there. Yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, no, uh, Coxie gets one. Told you it was a good one. It was a good one. Have you got one, Coxie? Yep. I did stitch up the Dragons question once before. So So in the X Games, 12-year-old skateboarder Guy Kuri becomes the youngest ever X Games gold medal winner. What trick did he do? Someone's not doing hot sauce this week. I don't want Snakehouse high five and he's doing it anyway. That is true. Because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't find the hot sauce that yeah. was in the drawer. Can't, still can't it. find it. <laughs> <laughs> I got no idea. I'm just going to say triple backflip. It would have been impressive on a skateboard. Mm. Hell yeah. <laughs> he did a 1080. Yep. And he was there. He did it in front of Tony Hawk. How good's that? <sighs> yeah. Yep. And after Tony kid. Hawk did the, what was it before, a 9... 9.20. 9.20. He did that eight years before this kid was born. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. Crazy. Did you yeah. have one, Muzzy? No, I have to buy one. Did I you think know? I had one. Oh, on man. So. I, had, I had one. Hold on, hold on. I think I've got one. Well, so does that mean that we have to find a tiebreaker for you two? Who? No, because well, I've Cox, well. Co- Yeah, well, if Coxie get, get this right. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, because Coxie's got one. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Yeah, no, he, he got the soccer. No, no he didn't. didn't. No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, two, two like right. us. Sorry. Yeah. Wish we got the soccer. Because he said Risa instead of Cesar. So, recently, a player has been chosen to lead their Olympic team in the soccer. A player has also got the most trophies of all time in soccer, or more, most accounted for trophies. So that means major trophies mm. that actually count for something. Who is that player? Two soccer questions. It'd be like stitch up. some fucking African country. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said they're trophies that count. Yeah. So it has, I mean. it has to be like important trophies. Mm. So I'm talking they're, about so they're captain their whole career, like a club career and international career. And they're captain of the, of the they're Olympic ca- team. They're, they're cap- captaining their Olympic team heading into these these Olympics. I'm gonna go Chiellini. I'll just tell everyone your answer. Yeah, I'll go that too. <laughs> Stanko's <laughs> <laughs> oh, going there too. Yeah, I was the same message just for the fun of it. He's ah. a Brazilian player. Does that help anyone? He's going to be captaining Brazil. Neymar, nah. Ronaldo, Brazil. right back. Danny Alves. Oh, there you go. That's oh, yeah. Yeah, over, yeah, over, four, over forty-two, I think, major we'll trophies. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, yeah, he's in a while for for PSG. Yeah. yeah, cool. Very good. Well, Tiebreaker between Foxy yep. and Muzz. Yep. Um, oh, you got anything? Not really. I, Take Oxy, I think I've normally got a Sperry somewhere. Right. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I had a real simple one. Is it how, how many dints on a golf ball? <laughs> Go on, make it, say. 
No, it's too <laughs> easy. <laughs> Do you remember what uh, it's all right, yeah. I got I got one because I got it wrong. <laughs> um, you write down? Australian athlete Nova Perez competed at the Olympics in two sports. Name them. Two sports. First Indigenous athlete to win an Olympic gold and represent Australia in both. Do we have to name the events or can we just name? No, I'll take a bracketed thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you get what I'm I know exactly at? what yeah. you mean. Right. I would take gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I wouldn't say you need to do the rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. All right. Have you got another one, Roscoe? Because I got a feeling we're not going to get this one. Um, this pen is terrific, by the way. It's all right. I can make out my scribbles. <laughs> but anyone else can. All right. All right. You want to go first, Cox? Yeah, I got BMX and sprinting. That's swimming and running. Uh, athletics. I think she was a four hundred meter runner, and she played hockey. Uh, uh, one gold. She was a hockey player and then went to athletics. If I'm not mistaken. Um, okay, well, we'll jump across back to the Tour de France. So we mentioned before that. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name. That should. Uh, Connor O'Connor was one of the only four Australians to be in the top five. Who named me two of the other uh, top fives that have represented Australia? <laughs> so we've had is this, five is this Coxie doing the, oh, the, mate. the don't, round don't even give us that yeah sorry yes, so it we've is. had four people finish the top five of the Tour de France yep. name me two others other than O'Connor you should get at least one that was going to be got, my I got question one. Mm. I've got one but I don't have another one I've no idea who the other one one is. could win this I, don't, I, I, have I, another, I have no idea who the other I have one another is. question but. you'll need it so okay yeah. And, I, and I've just Give lost it. Give us a 10-second timer. Okay. Can I get half point for one? Okay. I think you'll both end Wait. up on the same. <laughs> have you got one, Coxie? Yep. Coxie, who have you got? Goodell Evans. Ooh. Yeah, that's all I do. Yeah. And I'll just throw Mike Sullivan. I don't know. That's Mike a name. Uh, Braden Smith. Brennan Smith. She's <laughs> <laughs> on a bike. She's uh, on a bike. So you could have had Phil Anderson or you had Cadell Evans, obviously, or Richie Port, who was also finished top no, four. I think no he came close to, to winning. I wasn't going to get any of this. All right. Here we go. This, this is going to be... Just pick the golf question. Just pick the golf question. How many divots on a golf ball? Because Coxie doesn't know it. It's not fair. All right. We're going to the world of the, the Olympics. Um... First two confirmed cases of COVID-19 entered the camp. From which country did they come? Came from the same country, obviously. Came from the same country. I'll even give you the sport if you want. Yeah, go. Rugby. Sevens or... Yeah. <laughs> How about we do a first in... And I'll give you some tips. Yeah, ready. All right. They have green in their uniform. They also have yellow. 
They're an African nation. South Africa. Miles gets it. Unlucky Can I answer as well? You know, it's me. I'm going to say South first, Africa too. I said first, first answer. Oh, true, yeah. <laughs> That's all I had too, actually. I was going to say that. I thought but. as soon as you said green and the... Yeah, well, I was going to, but I thought I thought we were, we were waiting until you stopped and then answered. Yeah, And then you kept going and I was like, oh. Sorry, so I was I just trying to end it, really. Yeah, yeah put the dog yeah. out. I thought, you were say, <laughs> I thought you were going to say green and then let us have a guess. But anyway, so... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, very good. Let's source it up, lads. I'll get some spoons. Let's someone brought nuggets. No. What I think we'll do is we might end the pod there and we'll film it and put it up on our Facebook Yeah, page. sounds good. Yeah. So thanks, thanks for listening, guys. everyone. Really Cheers. good interview with See Andrew week. Neville. Yep. Don't Champion. forget to check out uh, his Facebook page uh, and his YouTube channel. Yeah, and support his, his uh, charity that he, he works so closely with. He, they, all, they always need our support over there as well. So any charity, as always does. So thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you. See ya.